0: live from Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't know,
1: I mean, I feel like, I feel like Devontae got doubled a lot in Green Bay, you know, uh, and Darren as well, so not necessarily. I think uh, I think we just gotta go out and execute, and
2: uh, hopefully you know, we'll do that this week.
0: This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q.
2: Yeah, here we go, Raider Nation. We are out at Buffalo Wild Wings. It is our Friday spot. We do it each and every Friday. We kick the weekend off the right way. And please believe, Raider Nation, we are in the north. And I say the north, not the north. I say the north. And I take it back to when I was uh, in Texas. And uh, all my folks used to say, all my my buddies in Texas used to say, hey, man, where's homeboy live? Oh, he live in the north. Well, that's where we are right now. We are at 150 East Centennial Parkway. Uh, come on out here in North Las Vegas. We got the hookup for you, like we do each and every Friday. Of course, Coors Light has provided some prizes for us. We have some Raider Nation Radio 920 t shirts. I think even Harry might have left a couple of t shirts behind, too. So we got some Deportes t shirts. So we're going to go a little in Espanol as well. So we got the hookup for you any way you want it. We got it for you till 5 o'clock here at least. At Buffalo Wild Wings, again, kicking off your weekend the right way. This is how we get down each and every Friday. It's it's awesome to have an opportunity to be out of the studio and hanging out here. Buffalo Wild Wings, of course, has a lot of good drink specials, a lot of good food specials, uh, happy hours right around the corner. So, uh, man, it's, 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 it's it's a good time to have a good time. I like to say it all the time. There's no reason to be at work right now. You're going into a football weekend, a sports weekend. You might as well leave work right now and say, you know what? I'm done for the day. I'm done. Make it like the radio station. DeMond will tell you, like the radio station on a Friday, ain't nobody in the building. (laughs) You can get to it. Not a soul. (laughs) He said not a soul. You can walk through that building. You can be as loud as you want to be because there's very, very few people that are in attendance there uh, at the radio station. But that's because everybody's out working. They're out working. They're uh, they're doing what they got to do. They're doing their professional job on a Friday getting ready for the weekend. That's that's how we do it. So we're being as professional as possible as well again Buffalo Wild Wings is the location. Come on by. Hang out with us. We're going to be here at 150 East Centennial Parkway at least till 5 o'clock. And got a lot of good guests to get to on today's show, as we do each and every day. And you know how we get down, man. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the next team up on the schedule. So we've been giving a preview each and every day, and that will be the same today. John Shipley, Sports Illustrated, he's going to join the show at 230 Talk all things Jacksonville Jaguars. And what we'll do, we kind of got an idea of the team the last couple days. We kind of got an idea of how the team goes. Now we're going to really get into the X's and O's. How you doing? Good, Good, absolutely. So, yeah, we're we're going to get into the X's and O's of exactly how the game is going to get played, at least for the Jacksonville Jaguars side of things. We kind of know, or at least we have a good idea. We'll talk about it on the show as well, how the Raiders are going to attack this game. But how is Jacksonville planning on attacking this game? We'll talk with John coming up at 2.30 just about that. Three o'clock, our normal Friday guest, Cassie Soto from VegasNation.com, does a fantastic job covering the Raiders like a glove. She'll join us at three o'clock. And at one of these points, one of these locations that we're at, Buffalo Wild Wings, on a Friday, she's actually going to join us here in the in the restaurant hanging out with us. We've been on tour, right? We've been on tour at Buffalo Wild Wings for quite a while. And each and every week, Cassie's like, yeah, you know what? This might be the one that, that I'm going to make. I knew she wasn't going to make this one. But next week, she said, maybe that'll be the one she shows up. But Cassie Soto will join us on the phone lines coming up at 3 o'clock to talk about the Raiders and thoughts on what she thinks that they need to do as they uh, head into this game against Jacksonville on Sunday. 3.30, he's been in Sarasota, Florida all week long. He's there right now. Vinny Bonsignor, he'll join us to give us the latest and the greatest. He talked to head coach Josh McDaniels earlier this morning, and it was very early this morning. I like to think that I'm up pretty stinking early with everybody. And uh, I was doing some work at the house about six this morning, and about six fifty-five hit or six fifty hit, and all of a sudden got an alert from the Raiders that head coach Josh McDaniels was talking, and realized, man, I just missed the media session. So I was a few minutes behind, didn't really get uh, get to do the the media session, didn't get to hop on there with head coach Josh McDaniels. But of course, Vinny was Johnny on the spot, so uh, we'll hear from Vinny coming up at three thirty. Uh, he had a couple good questions that he asked head coach Josh McDaniels about. We're also going to hear some of that media session a little bit later on in the show as well. Uh, there's some some good points i think that uh, that coach made that we can discuss and break down and and uh, get our feelings on it so we'll do that all later on in the show but vinny Bonsignor will join us at 3:30 and then 4:30 Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com joins us each and every Friday, and of course, he's going to let you know about the money lines, exactly where uh, you should be placing your bets this weekend so you can go ahead and win some money. We'll talk a little college football, and we'll talk some NFL. That'll be with Lee Sterling coming up at 430. So as you can tell, we're locked and loaded at Buffalo Wild Wings right now, 150 East Centennial Parkway, 2 to 5 p.m. We're going to be here at least. John Shipley covering the Jags, Cassie Soto with the Raiders, Vinny Bonsignor covering the Raiders, and Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. We'll get in the gambling side of things. We'll join us all on the show now that you know the lineup let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive
0: the opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado
2: ever. So traditionally, every single Friday, we like to go into it and figure out the game plan. As I mentioned, John Shipley is going to join the show at 2:30 to talk about what the Jaguars' game plan should be coming up on Sunday versus the Raiders. So I like to always go into the game and, or the, the weekend and talk about what the the keys to victory are, what the Raiders are going to have to do to come out with a dub and. You know, it's funny. Let me before we even get into it. Uh, I, I, Twitter is such a wonderful place, right? <laughs> so, uh, was was talking back and forth with a bunch of Raider Nation earlier today, uh, and there's still ten games left in the season. By no means do I am I saying that the Raiders are a team that is going to make some deep playoff push and they're uh, exceeding expectations. I think we all understand the 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 case is that they're underwhelming right now, right? But conversation gets lost in Twitter sometimes that you still are going to watch the game. No matter how angry you are, no matter how frustrated you are that the team is underperforming, you're still going to watch the game on Sunday, right? 99% of us are going to watch the game, including me. And I'm not there, so I won't be tweeting about the game on Sunday. I'll sit at the house, on the couch, like I was last week, watching the game and see how it unfolds. And then we'll talk about it throughout the course of the week next week. So just because the team is underperforming doesn't mean that we don't talk about – the game plan anymore. It doesn't mean that we don't talk about the upcoming game because that's what we're here for, right? I mean, as much as, like I said, we can all be frustrated. I'm frustrated by a 2-5 and five start. You know how much fun it is to cover a team that's a winner? I tell you all the time, I don't care if it's high school, college, the pros, whatever the case may be, teams that win are so much fun to cover. Everyone's in a great mood including the team. You know, everyone listening's in a great mood. Callers are in a great mood. Fans are in a great mood. Everything is great when, when you're winning. When you're not, not so much. But We don't turn it off and decide, hey, you know what? We're not going to do radio today. (laughs) You know, the team's not winning, so we're not going to do radio today. We have to keep it going. So that's what we're going to do. No one's here to sell you any false hope. Nobody's ever going to try to do that. And it's okay to be critical. And, and frustrated and voice your opinion. And that's what we do here on Rare Nation Radio 920, 702 365 Matter of fact, that's the listener line. You can chime in at any point of the show, you know, especially when we don't have a guest. But if we do have a guest, just hold on. Or you can text us at 69187, keyword R&R. If you want to be a sponsor of the text line, you can. That'd be great. You know, we got that thing wide open. So hit us up at any point, 69187, keyword R&R. John Shipley joins us at 2.30 to talk about the Jaguar side of things. So we're going to talk about the, the side of things when it comes to the Raiders, what I think that they need to do, what you think they need to do to come out with a victory on Sunday. That's something that we do each and every Friday, right? I also want to talk about Devontae Adams. And why I want to talk about Devontae Adams is because, DeMond, and you'll, you'll understand where I'm going with this, I'm still thinking about our conversation we had with Lincoln Kennedy yesterday. I'm still thinking about that conversation, and that was at, what, 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon? That was, you know, just about 24 hours ago. I'm still thinking about that conversation. I literally went to bed last night, and I was still thinking about that conversation with Lincoln and wondering, you know, like, just thinking about how he was saying, well, they're you know, they're, they're bracketing Devontae Adams, so, you know, you can't really force him the ball. And I'm, I'm looking around the league, and I know I've watched football for a long time, and I know I've never played it, so it's fine. You know, I don't know as much as everyone else does. That's Okay. But I'm thinking, man, all the stars get bracketed. All the stars get doubled. All the stars get, you know, some kind of different treatment, right? Everyone's going to pay attention to them. They're going to get shaded uh, one way by the safety. Like, everyone does that, but still, there's still ways to beat that. There's still ways to succeed, and there's still ways for a superstar player to be a superstar player without just being out of control and just force-feeding the ball to him, just like, hell, I'm, be- I'm hell-bent on throwing it to him, and that's just what it's going to be. I mean, there's still ways to, to, to work the magic with the guy that's as good as Devontae Adams. So the other question that I have, and I'll start with you, Damon. what do you want to see from Adams on Sunday? How would you like to see him used? Because, again, this is a superstar. Make no mistake about it. When the Raiders acquired Devontae Adams, we talked about that was the best wide receiver in the league. Right now he has – I mean, he has okay numbers – but think about this. He has, what, 60 – I think he has 68 targets on the season so far. And I'm not saying that they need to feed him the rock more, but he has 68 targets, I believe, on the season. Tyreek Hill, who's the number one wide receiver in the league right now as far as numbers go, has 69 catches on the season and has a ton more targets. He's at like 90-something targets on the season. Now, again, I understand that those are two different teams. They – you know, the, the, the Raiders, they butter their bread by the ground game, which is fine. But it's just when you look at, at the numbers, and again, like we talked about on yesterday's show, it just feels like it's been an underwhelming season so far for Devontae Adams. So I just want to hear from you, Raider Nation. What would you like to see from Adams come Sunday? How would you like to see him used? And I think that's a, I think that's a fair conversation. But, DeMond, I want to start with you, who's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You always have a good idea of what you're looking at and what you want to see. So when it comes to Devontae Adams, how do you think he should be used come Sunday?
3: I want to say more as a deep threat. I would like to see them try to just attack down the field, go deep with them. I put that clip in from Hunter Renfro yesterday Mm -hmm. just because I, I knew it was on your mind. Hey, Devontae, he got doubled in Green Bay. So it's just about them executing. I don't know if that means that when other players are running their routes, but maybe just early and often where go deep to him, maybe some bubble screens, something to just get him involved. I'm not saying that he's one of those players, hey, if he isn't getting the ball, he's checked out. I know, I don't, I'm not trying to put the right, right, right. receiver, no, you. you know, label on no, him. I runner. got you, yeah. But when a guy is getting that ball, when he's getting the ball early and often, let's say the first drive, he's got two catches, he's feeling good, that's going to get him, you know, like I always say, I don't believe in momentum, but I do believe in energy. And right. if the energy's good, hey, man, two catches for 30 yards to start the game, that's going to continue that to keep having a good game. But if you don't... if you you don't get a catch until the fourth quarter, you know. That's 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 not good for the Raiders. That's what we saw against the Saints.
2: You know, and, and I like where you're going with that. And it's funny because I, I put my keys to victory. I put them on the back of our rundown sheet, so you can actually check it out to see what I wrote down. So you know that I'm not just making this up on the fly. My key for one of my keys for the offense was get Devontae involved early. You know, get him. I mean, and honestly, and I, and honestly, I think this is something that should happen in the first drive. Whenever they get the ball, if they defer, great. If they don't, that's fine too. Whenever they get the ball for the first time, I don't care if you hand the ball to, off to Jacobs twice, Devontae Adams has got to at least touch the ball in the first drive, I believe, right? I mean, you know, you know that mostly most teams have 15 to 20 plays. The first 15 to 20 are always scripted. I feel like... And this is just me, and I'm not trying to do just like you said. I'm not trying to give uh, Devontae the label of a, you know, a wide receiver that if he's not getting targets, he's going to uh, you know, lose that energy or he's not going to be engaged. But I think guys like that that are so stinking good have to be involved early, right? You can't go a possession. You can't go a possession and a half. You can't go two possessions without getting him the ball. And, and I don't mean just a target. I mean it, the ball in his hands, a completion. I think one of the first plays that, that they should run, and I'm not an offensive coordinator, never, never tried to be one, I think they should run something to get the ball in his hand quickly. What we saw that first game of the season against the Chargers, and we saw, what, how many targets did he get that that game? He got a ton of targets. But I think the first play of the game, and everyone sitting in the press box was looking at me like, Q, are they going to throw it to him the very first play? And I was like, nah, because everyone's going to expect that. And what they do? They threw it to him the very first play, and they threw it to him often. A quick slant, Devontae Adams is beating everybody on a quick slant. I don't care how good of a DB you are. And you know me, DBs win games in my world. But – I'll tell you right now, I don't care how good of a DB you are, Devontae Adams is winning that slant right away. That's a quick slant. You can, boom, hit him with that. Or you can hit him with a quick bubble screen just to get him in the, get the ball in his hands. The first time he touches the ball doesn't need to be an end around on third and one. It just doesn't. Right? So that's how I'd like to see. i just like to see him, again, he doesn't have to have 15, 16 targets a game. That's force feeding him probably too much. I know there's a fine line. And that's what someone's going to think, well, what do you want, Q? Do you want you know, them to feed him the ball or do they not feed him the ball? There's a fine line, but I just think getting him involved early matters. I really do. So when it comes, when, when it, when it comes to me and what I want to see from Devontae Adams or, or the way I want to see him used is just involved in the offensive scheme early. The plan, whatever the game plan is going into this game against the Jaguars, just get him involved I mean, think about this, Raider Nation. And I know that game against the Saints was wonky and crazy and we'll probably never see a game like that. He didn't have a catch until late in the fourth quarter. And as soon as he got that catch, he checked out of the game was done. Just so, in my opinion, he can keep that streak alive of consecutive catches or games with consecutive catches. That's it. I mean, that literally was the only reason he was in there. He got one catch for three yards. If you're going to do that one, yard for, or one catch for three yards, do that on the first possession. Just get that out of the way. Get him involved so he can get a little bit of a lather going. You know, we talk about Josh Jacobs, right? We talk about him all the time. He gets better as the game goes along, but that's not because he doesn't touch the ball till the fourth quarter, right? I mean, that means because he's getting the ball consistently put in his hand, put in his belly, go, 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 and as the game goes along, he gets better and better and better, but he's engaged. So I think that's what they should do with Devontae Adams. I think that should be the approach. As far as the game plan goes on Sunday, and, DeMond, I'll, I'll defer to you as well, uh at seven and, and, and of course Raider Nation we want to hear from you as well at 702 365 and 69187 keyword R and R. What do the Raiders need to do to win the game? And, and and I'll go back to real quick, I'll go back to one of my one of my notes, my overall notes. I won't break down offense, defense, and special teams right now, but one of my overall notes, play angry with the attitude. Play angry and with the attitude. What we didn't see on Sunday against the Saints was any kind of sense of urgency. We didn't see you know, that guy on the sideline that was just itching to get back into the game and get the team back into the game. And I'm not saying go, you know, screaming at, at, at players on the sideline. I'm not saying go grab helmets. I'm not saying, you know, stir it up like that. I'm just saying just just be a little pumped up. Like we always hear from Denzel Perriman. He's always, you know, talking, and, and he's, he brings that energy and that, that juice to the team. Let me see someone on defense doing that. Let me see somebody on offense doing that. Just play with the attitude. Go in there like you know that you're gonna you're better than this team that you're about to play and you you're gonna go in there and you're gonna take their lunch money. I said it on my podcast this morning. It's okay to be a bully. You know th- this is the time when it's okay to be a bully. I know it's frowned upon in uh, in society, but and that's a good thing. But on the football field, it's okay. Be a bully. It's okay to be a bully. And they and if the Raiders go in there and have that approach on uh, on Sunday, I think good things are, are gonna come from it they just got to have that attitude and that belief. And I hate the word swagger, but they got to have that. You know, something that Alvin Kamara had mentioned before the game on Sunday against the, uh, against the Saints, that that game they were going to get their swagger back. And I kind of laughed at it because, you know, again, like I said, I kind of hate that word. it's it really overblown. But that's exactly what they did against the Raiders. They absolutely went out there and they said, you know what? We are going to take your lunch money. We're going to go out here and we're going to whoop you. And that's what they did. You know, again, that could be a one-off game. That could be... That could be a a crack in the armor, and all of a sudden we're seeing something. But for the most part, man, they went out there with the attitude and said, we are not losing this game. We're going to play sound defense. We're going to play sound offense, and we're going to give them the the business. And they did. So main key for me, man, go out and play angry and with an attitude. And then uh, what I want to see from Devontae, get him involved early. Get him a touch or two early, immediately. 702-365-9200. 702 365 9200 Let's hear from Jared in Vegas. Welcome to the show, man. What's on your mind?
1: Thank you. Um, you know what? As far as Devontae Adams, I would like to see him get involved early and Austin, just like you said. I want to see I want to see smoke screen, bubble screen, whatever you want to call it. I want to see quick slants. I want to see the you know fives and sixes, little you know, ten-yard in-cuts. I want to see. Some Dinos. I want to see. I want to see the route tree. And I know he runs the route tree. I want to see him targeted on every route in the route tree. Like we didn't. He didn't come here to just sit idly by and watch. You know, balls go to somebody else. Or watch. You know, us try to slam it up in the line of scrimmage. Man, we should just play like we ain't got another Sunday to play. That's what they need to play like. That's how we need to target Devontae Adams. Target it, target him like this is the last game he's ever gonna play and you're sending him off in a great retirement or something, man. <laughs> you know what? We haven't had any sort of urgency in a minute. And I would just like to see them play like their paycheck depends on it. Because it should.
2: I like it. I like it. Good, good call, man. I like the ending right there, a little mic drop moment right there. Uh, and, look, I, again, I'm not asking Derek Carr to force feed him, and I know that someone's going to say that, that I'm trying to – no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying get him involved early where he gets a touch or two, right? I mean, again, you could script the, the first 15 to 20 plays, and normally every single team does. And I believe that they can get him the ball early enough where he touches the ball and he's engaged. And sometimes wide receivers, they, they, they react to that. They get lathered up. There's nothing wrong with getting a guy lathered up early. Again, it doesn't, I'm not asking to, please understand what I'm saying. I'm not asking anyone to force feed him. I'm not asking him to get 15 to 20 touches. I'm just asking them to get a touch early. That's it. There's a huge difference. Huge difference. Let's go back out to the, uh, the, the Raider Nation listener line and talk to our guy, Raider X. Welcome to the show.
4: Hey, fellas. Hey, uh, you know what I want to see? I want to see some head helmet throwing, fist clapping, some screaming, some yelling, some laughing. I want to see some people in people's faces. I want to see some celebration. I want to see some damn emotion. I want to see some fire from this team. I'm tired of talking about what they need to do and what they need to get up for for the, for the Jaguars, for a team like the Jaguars. I, I'm sorry, but you know what? But this team, this veteran lead-laden team and what they have on paper and in that locker room shouldn't have to dig that deep to perform this Sunday. I mean, from the coach's standpoint, you know, from the player's standpoint, they should go out there and perform. And like you said, anything less than than going out there and being a straight-out bully is not going to be satisfying. Their wins came from a down-out Broncos team and the Houston Texans. Come on, man. I expect so much more. So much more from this Raiders team. They got to go out there. And then I hear, you know, this great talk from Ziegler, which is very profound. And it sounds great because when you look at it and you look at all the X's and O's, the future obviously has to be in the in, in the future of the Raiders. Because right now it's not in the present and it hasn't been in the recent past. So it has to be. And obviously this, this year... All we're looking is to show some progress, some consistency, and to see the, the foundation reformat, re, you know, re, rebuilding itself. And we have a glimpse of what the, how the greatness is going to be because right now this season is, whoa, man. I mean, this is a sample right now where we're talking about how we're going to step up against and get back on the track for the, for the Jaguars. This shouldn't be the conversation. But you know what? It's reality. Yeah. And God bless it. I'm, gonna, I'm a Raider till I die. And I'm going to fight for these Raiders, and I love my Raiders. It's hard, but you know what? Love is hard, brother. So uh, <laughs> love you, Raiders, man. You guys
2: peace out, Raider X. Hey, good call, my man. And look, the Jaguars have two wins on the season. The Silver and Black have two wins on the season. I'm not saying all things are equal, but in the, in the standings and all that good stuff, they're both sitting there at two wins, and, and the Jaguars are going to play tough. They're going to go out there, and they're going to give everything they got. And I'll say this, they're playing hard for Doug Peterson. They're not finishing. But they're playing hard for Doug Peterson. We'll find out a little bit more about that coming up at 2.30 with John Shipley from Sports Illustrated as he joins the show. But, uh, yeah, man, I just, you know, again, the expectations are, are were high for the, the team going into the season. and Maybe they were overblown. Maybe they are too high. Maybe that's my fault. I'll, I'll own that. But, you know, right now they just got to take it one game at a time and see how it all shakes out. But I do think they need to go into this game with some attitude, some sense of urgency, and, like I said, play a little angry. I think there's nothing wrong with playing uh, angry. Did get a – did get a text, got a couple texts. Uh, Jason and Maryland. I just want to see him involved, talking about Adams. Game one, Carr force fed Devontae. Y'all said he was forcing too much. Not true. If Carr forces it to him, y'all going to say Carr is being careless with the ball. Not true. Obviously, if Carr is forcing things, then throws a pick. Now a different narrative pops up. Last I checked, though, that should be on Josh McDaniels' scheme up. Is he not doing that? It sure does seem like it. From watching tape, don't lie, Adams was not getting separation normally does for the Saints. They suggested maybe he was still sick. Then he showed up on Wednesday, scouting report with the illness. Hopefully he's fully healthy now. Jason Merlin, thank you for the text. Always appreciate your text. And as I mentioned at the top, not asking to force feed the ball at all. Just asking him to get a touch in the first possession. I don't think that that's asking a whole lot. Not saying he has to have 12, 15 targets a game. Just saying to get him involved, to, to show that he's a threat. That's it. I mean, he didn't, they didn't make the trade for him to, to have him be an ultimate decoy. Right. And and allow the game to come to him. I mean, he's a superstar. Right. And sometimes superstars just got to sometimes you just got to go out there and trust them to make the play. So I understand what you're saying. But y'all didn't say this and y'all didn't say that. I love when people just get reckless and throw that out there. Like like every conversation is the same. Every conversation is not the same. And every person has not said the same thing. You might hear something from a a, a radio station. But please, if you're going to talk about me, be specific with what I've said. And y'all didn't say anything. Let's see, you got another text. Well, let's go to the phone lines real quick. How about that? Uh Fargo Raider, what's on your mind, dude?
5: Hey, Q and the thank you for taking my call. Uh Q, it ain't you fault. We're Raiders, man. We get hyped every year for the for the season. It don't matter what it looks like. I mean, I remember coming off of two and twelve, talking to the ex wife's dad, like yeah we got this guy that guy the other guy we're going to turn around this year it's always been like that we love this team so much and we have so much faith in it and like for guys like me that are younger for no reason that it, we're always going to be delusional about the team that's just part of the love part of the, part of the beauty of Raider Nation uh, you know we're out here like Ame I mean, the old man holding the umbrella all mad over his old lady he you know even though he's mad at her we still she he still loves her we still love him <laughs> no, nah, I'd like, I'd like to say, okay, play a little freer, you know, like, yeah. like, like, uh, let him improvise, let make Carr improvise a little bit, get a, get out of that little zone that McDaniel seems to have everybody in, where everybody has to have everything done his way. If you brought guys in to play, you let them play, man. You know, like he's an all pro for a reason because he knows what he's doing. He, he, he says he models his game after basketball, which is another sport that he loves. Well, in basketball, there's plays that you set. But at the end of the day, each individual moves where he sees the opening at. And that's what we need to let Devontae do. That's where his game is at. You know, he can make himself open. Get the ball to him in space. That's what I'm like. You get the ball in space to Devontae. Let him do his job. Let him shake people off their socks like we've seen them do it, uh, on time. Right, just stop constricting the team. Renfro not not being able to get space either. That's an eye opener. Dane this morning was saying, "How come you know like Renfro, Adams, Hobbs, Merrick, Diablo? Why are they all underproducing? What's the main difference between one year to another? Coaching, this coaching is is handcuffing our guys. I feel like I understand they're trying to teach them their new systems, but realize that. We don't have the patience anymore, and a lot of these guys looks like they're losing it themselves. Uh, last little point, play fast and simple on defense. Get there, hit somebody, wrap them up. You know, no more desperation moves, a.k.a. trickeration. Let's go in there and not waste no damn plays, running stupid-ass ender rounds with our star receiver, just waiting for somebody to pop them in the knee. I'm tired of seeing that. I don't want to see that. That's like putting Hunter Emphro back there to receive kicks. That don't make no damn sense. The fire that burns brightest in the Raiders organization is the will to win. So, damn it, just win, baby. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you for taking my call.
2: There goes Fargo Raiders. So, basically, he wants the, the coaching staff to scheme up everybody a little bit differently, scheme them up to their strengths, which is going back to Jason's text. Basically, what he was saying is that it's not necessarily always the player. It's, it's also the scheme, which is fine, which is going back to the question, how would you like to see Adams used? Well, you want to see him schemed up differently. That's okay. That's fine. You know, that's that's part of the, the conversation. I just get tired of everyone throwing throwing us at it like we did this and we did that. Man, just give us your point. Give us your point. I'm so tired of being being the middle of the, well, you did this or you did that or y'all did that. I'm so tired of that. I get so old. 226 is the time. John Shipley, Sports Illustrated. He's going to join us next. Surrey Nation Radio, 920.
0: That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
2: We are back here at Buffalo Wild Wings, hanging out on our Friday night, as we always do our Friday afternoon, heading into Friday night, 150 East Centennial Parkway, the north side. Come on out, hang out. we got a bunch of prizes here. Vice Raiders here hanging out with us and uh, having a good time. So you, you have to come out too, hang out. Sit at the bar, sit at the tables, get some good food specials, get some good drink specials, and we'll get you hooked up. My man DeMond Cotton, who's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, is efforting John Shipley right now from Sports Illustrated so we can talk all things Jaguars, talk about what their game plan uh, looks to be going into this game. Got a couple texts that I'll get to. Mailman Raiders said, Q, I just want to see some pass rush. Make T-Law uncomfortable back there. Talking about Trevor Lawrence. And if Chandler doesn't have it going, shake it up. We can just leave him in there and think, oh, he'll return it on some point. Shake it up, man. Go Raiders. I agree. I, w- I would like to see that. I'm glad you mentioned the defense, Mailman Raider, because I'd like to see them, you know, try to try to do some 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 different things. Right. Try to try to get some some pressure on Lawrence, you know, try to manufacture some pressure, because the one thing he's done a lot lately is create turnover or he's he's turned the ball over quite a bit. That's what I should say. He's turned the ball over quite a bit. So the Raiders have an opportunity. I know they're not a team that has a knack for creating turnovers, but they have an opportunity to get a couple. They really do. I mean, that's the one thing with Lawrence. He's, uh, he's turned the ball over a few times as of late, and we'll get a little bit deeper dive of Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. As John Shipley from Sports Illustrated. joins us on the phone lines. And, John, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Before we actually get into the game and, and breaking down what the Jaguars do and what they don't do, do you think that travel – will be a factor in this game. I mean, the Jaguars, they traveled from London. The Raiders, they stayed in Florida for the week instead of heading back to Vegas, and now they're there. So do you think that, especially early on in the game, that 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 could have any kind of a factor?
6: I mean, we'll see. The Jaguars, you know, so far have been a team that, you know, they've started fast and have finished slow. So, you know, there have been many games where they've just, you know, started off, you know, completely sluggishly. But this is the first time that you know, for all the guys they've had on, on the roster, I've played in London before, this is the first time they haven't had the bye week right after London. Uh, Doug Peterson, you know, said today that he, he wanted it that way. He wanted the bye week in different weeks. So, you know, the players have said that the coming back from London trip isn't as bad as going over there. So, potentially, you know, with a revamped practice schedule this week, but they could, you know, be at least a little more amped up than they would normally. But I, I could see it being a game where they come out looking sluggish.
2: How has the players reacted as far as the the effort and the attitude that they're playing with under Doug Peterson? Like, have you seen it ramped up from what it was a year ago?
6: Oh no, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I would even say last year you, there, there was a lot of effort. There was just not players being put in correct positions, and now I think you are seeing players being put in that correct positions. And but the main issue is in critical moments. You know, a lot of times the, the big play isn't being made, and again, a game of football it comes down to a handful of plays every single week, and the Jaguars during that five-game losing streak have been on the wrong end of that. All, all, basically, almost all of those plays these last couple, four or five games. And that, that's not because of player effort or player lack of buy-in or anything like that. It's just, you know, a young team figuring out how, how to win. And they've had, obviously, the balls bounce against them a few times, some bad luck in there. But ultimately, I do think you've seen a lot of buy-in from this Jaguars locker room. I think starting till one, I think they've seen how good they can be. And uh, it's definitely more frustration about I'm you know, ups, ups, upset about maybe wasted potential at this point.
2: Talking right now with John Shipley from Sports Illustrated here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, talking all things Jags and Raiders. As far as the team goes itself, what would you say their biggest strength is? What do they do really well?
6: As of right now, they're doing a great job running the ball to the outside, to the perimeter. Travis DTN has been one of the NFL's most productive running backs these last three weeks, which has been his first three weeks of the starting. He set a Jaguars record for most rushing yards in his first three starts. And that includes guys like Fred Taylor, Maurice Jones, drew James Robinson. I mean, he's, you know, smashed it. He's averaging over 100 yards per game. He's found the end zone a couple times. And last week he proved that he can be the bell cow of the offense. You know, taking 24 carries, playing 80% of the snaps, and being, you know, several times scoring, you know, from inside – line situations and not making that critical mistake like he has in the past so i think definitely getting etn going on the outside you know whether it's those toss plays outside zone stretch overall just getting him in space has been their bread and butter
3: when it comes to young quarterbacks like trevor lawrence we know that there are going to be those growing pains but how has this offensive line been protecting him the raiders they have one star on that defensive line and haven't been able to get home a lot but how good is this offensive line pass protection
6: The offensive line's definitely been solid. I I think a lot of times pass protection and sacks given up, it's kind of you know a real relationship between a quarterback and and his offensive line. And I don't think it's necessarily always a true reflection of either of them, but I think on the Jaguar's case, you know, individually they've had strong seasons protecting the passer. I mean, their probably worst pass protector this season has been their rookie center, Luke Fortner, and that's probably to be expected. I mean, Cam Robinson's had a – Okay, season. Obviously, I don't think the kind of season you pay for, but he hasn't been a a bad left tackle by any means. Juwan Taylor's had a strong season, and Brandon Sheriff is Brandon Sheriff. So I think overall, the Jaguars, especially without their running the ball as of late, are really happy with their offensive line. And, you know, for all the issues Trevor Lawrence has had turning the ball over, he does a pretty good job of mitigating pressure and some sack numbers. So I think overall, they're happy
3: with that. And you mentioned the Q about how they're able; they're really good at running to the outside, getting Travis Etienne going. But when it comes to the passing game, against what type of defenses have they been more successful against when it comes to passing the ball?
6: Yeah, defenses that allow them to get the ball out of their hands quickly. I think you know against Gus Bradley's cover three scheme, uh, especially you know they just find those little gaps in the coverage, those traditional plays that are able to find in the intermediate area and near the sidelines, just a little. Really holds in the zone coverage, and I think the defenses that they've struggled against a lot of times has been the too high safety defenses. I think, particularly because they have a quarterback who, you know, when he has high low options, he's oftentimes going to go for the most more aggressive pass. You know, his mindset as a player is go go for the big play, and that's why he turns the ball over some of the times the way that he does, and that's why some of the times he makes a lot of the decisions that he does. And against two high defenses, it's it's tougher to make those kind of decisions and not pay for it.
2: Again, we're talking with John Chip, uh, John Shipley. Excuse me, from Sports Illustrated here on Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. So, as far as this game goes, how do you think Doug Peterson? What, what's the game plan? How do they attack this Raiders defense? Since we're talking about the defense,
6: no, I, I think definitely try to get the ball out of his hands quickly because I, I know the numbers haven't reflected it. But Max Crosby, Chandler Jones—I mean, those, those are two guys that are proven star pass rushers—and the, uh, the, the Jaguars have traditionally been kind of a get-right team you know for other teams and I think if there's any week for Max Crosby and Chandler Jones to pick it back up it probably be this week against the struggling Jaguars offense so I think just getting the ball out of Lawrence's hands quickly not asking him to do too much and try to be really the hero of the offense because he hasn't proven the ability to really earn that trust
3: yet when it comes to attacking the middle of the field whether it be Travis Etienne coming out of the backfield or their tight ends how are the Jaguars being there attacking the opposing team's linebackers
6: No, I think they've done a good job. I think they've done a good job of getting especially guys like Christian Kirk and Travis Etienne matched up against linebackers, uh, especially early in the season. The first two weeks of the season, Christian Kirk put up huge numbers because the Jaguars are just finding ways to get him matched up against linebackers in the slot and man coverage or even zone coverage. And being Christian Kirk, you know, he just absolutely dusts them. Now, they haven't had that same success as of late, but the Jaguars, for the most part, have been – you know, really shown on offense, so they're able to kind of isolate matchups, and, you know, they, they do good stuff scheme-wise. The Jaguars offense is an offense that can take advantage of a defense's weaknesses.
2: Again, we're talking with John Shipley here on Radio Nation Radio 920, and let's say Roughness doing a deep dive with the Jacksonville Jaguars as the game uh, kicks off 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Radio Nation Radio 920 on Sunday. As far as the Jaguars' defense goes, uh, how are they at stopping the run?
6: Yeah, no, I mean, if it comes to stopping the run or stopping the pass, I think the Jaguars' defense has definitely shown a stronger ability against the run. Uh, there have been times uh, this year where you, they've had issues against the run, such as, you know, against Daniel Jones, uh, Saquon Barkley had a few big runs, Damian Pierce, you know, they contained him for almost an entire full quarter game, but he had one giant run where he broke four or five tackles that ended up being the difference maker. So they, they've had instances of... You know, allowing a lot of yards against the Eagles, they allowed, I think, are nearly a franchise record amount of rushing yards. But the strong part for this defense has a lot of times been their run defense. I mean, they stopped Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they limited, it's just Saquon Barkley really for three quarters of a game. And they've shown that, you know, it's harder to run against them than it is to throw it against them, especially over the top.
2: John, I was uh, talking before you came on about Devontae Adams and how I'd like to see the Raiders get him the ball early just so he can get a taste, you know, just so he can get uh, his hands on the ball and and see what he can do with it then. Uh, When when you look at that matchup of Devontae Adams and whoever decides that they're going to, you know, guard him, if they play a zone on him, if they, you know, shadow him around the field, uh, how do you think the Jaguars match up with a guy like Devontae Adams?
6: No, I I, I think that you're absolutely going to see Tyson Campbell, see Devontae Adams – fair amount of the game, especially if Devontae Adams lined up on the outside. Uh, the Jaguars, you know, they've had issues at that cornerback this season, but they haven't had issues with Tyson Campbell. You know, he's been arguably the best defender, uh, and they... Just last week started him shadowing the top receiver. He trailed Cortland Sutton all game and allowed, I think, one catch for 15 yards. And I think, I want to say, 30 coverage snaps against him. So, you know, they did it last week. Obviously, Devontae Adams is a different level of receiver than Cortland Sutton. But I think as long as it's on the outside, you're going to see a lot of types of camp.
3: When it comes to Mike Caldwell's defense, the new defense coordinator down there in Jacksonville, what are some of the philosophies or principles that he's put in the place down there? And are the players adapting well to his scheme?
6: Yeah, they like to utilize their athletes and their pass rushers. You know, they they'll blitz uh, with the linebackers a lot. Devin Mullen and Foye Luakon, or at least they'll bring them up to the line of scrimmage and pain blitzing while well, they come off and drop in zone coverage instead. So they put a lot of bodies at the line of scrimmage. They overload some of the sides. They put three or four pass rushers on one side, then run some stunts and loops. You know, you know they 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 try to look like uh, really <clears throat> what you would think you know a new three four forward thinking defense would kind of look like. With the blitzes, the unique coverages, but they, they, they don't do anything particularly rare or anything particularly uh, great. But they do like to get their best pass rushers on the field a lot of times, even on rundowns. So you'll see guys like DeWan Smoot and Arden Key at defensive tackle or even at, at defensive end on running downs.
2: John Shipley is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And let's say, Roughness just got a couple more questions for you. And I kind of chuckled when I heard the name Arden Key. Obviously, he was drafted by the Raiders. I went and played in San Francisco. Now he's there in Jacksonville. What's been the return so far on Arden Key?
6: Oh, man, I love Arden Key here. It seems like Arden Key honestly loves being here. I mean, he's accepted his role, you know, really as a rotational pass rusher. They use a, You know, sometimes on the edge, but a lot of times as an interior pass rusher. Uh, he's done a good job getting pressure in recent in recent weeks. Him and wrong Spoon have arguably been their two best pass rushers despite them playing, you know, half the snaps of Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, so you know, their, their returns to Arden Key have been really strong here, it's really well-liked at the locker room by the coaches, so yeah, it seems like it's been a good fit for both sides.
2: There you go, Arden Key. Uh, we always used to call him uh, almost, almost Key because he was almost there. He would almost get home. He would almost get a sack. He would almost get a turnover. He would almost did something, but he never did it uh, with the Raiders. So uh, good for Arden, man. Good to see that he's doing some good things there in Jacksonville. So, John, let me, let me ask you this, man. I mean, things sound really good there in Jacksonville. The team has two wins. What's their What's their weakness?
6: Yeah, no, I, I think red zone offense right now is the area the Jaguars have really been dreadful I mean, You know, they're tied for second in red zone trips this year with 30. You know, that's with teams like the Chiefs and the Ravens. They've been to the red zone more times than the Bills, but they're 24th in red zone touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've done it just 50% of the time. Red zone turnovers, whether it's Trevor Lawrence, you know, throwing an interception in the end zone or them turning it over on downs because they can't get a yard or fourth of the inches or, you know, it's Travis Etienne fumbling against the Giants. They just keep making that fatal play that takes, you know, that's like a 10-point swing every single week.
2: Right. There you go. DeMond, you got anything else for him or no more? All right. Let me ask you this then. Uh, As far as the game, the outcome, not asking for a score, but uh, gut feeling, what do you think happens on Sunday?
6: I think Raiders this week. I think the the, the Jaguars, you know, it's probably not fair to call a team snake pit, but at this point, you know, just this this roster feels like they're a team that, you know, they'll compete for four quarters, but somehow, some way they're going to end up making the plays to lose the game.
2: Well, there you go. There you go. John says that uh, the Raiders could come out with a victory, but they, obviously they got to go out there and handle their business as well. John, great stuff, man. What do we, you got coming out on uh, Sports Illustrated that we should be on the lookout for? Maybe give Raider Nation a little bit more of a deep dive into Jacksonville.
5: Yeah, no, absolutely.
6: I'm going to have a few things on uh, some of the big matchups to watch. You know, I absolutely think Arden Key, uh, specifically versus some of the Raiders' offensive line, is going to be important. And I think Tyson Campbell versus Devontae Adams is going to be. You know, kind of the, the battle the watch all game, especially, you know, Campbell, what he showed the last couple of weeks. He's one of those, you know, you don't hear him in the same breath as a guy like Patrick Sussan or Sauce Gardner right. for obvious reasons and because the Jaguars are losing. But he's a cornerback who's really ascending to that number one corner type role. So to see him against Devontae Adams is going to be a good matchup for both sides.
2: Well, that's one I'll definitely be paying attention to. Uh, thank you for dropping that nugget for us. We'll all be uh, focusing on that one. John, great stuff, my man. Appreciate you taking the time this afternoon. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and we'll talk soon. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. No doubt. Good stuff right there. John Shipley, Sports Illustrated on Twitter, at underscore John underscore Shipley. And, uh, yeah, interesting little matchup right there. I want to see how Devontae bounces back this week. Uh, we all know that – Multiple guys were dealing with illnesses in the locker room. I don't want to use that as an excuse, as I'm sure they don't want to use that as an excuse, but there was something going on where they looked so kind of lifeless and lethargic out there against the Saints, and that could have had a role. And I know one thing, great players come back with a vengeance when they have a bad day. I mean, it's almost like a red polo day. I know he ain't going to be out there in no red polo, but I have a feeling that it may be a red polo day for not only Devontae Adams, not only Derek Carr, but head coach Josh McDaniels as well. 2.46 is the time we where at Buffalo Wild Wings here on the north Come on by, hang out with us, get hooked up with some prizes. We're going to come back and close out the hour. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
2: 150 East Centennial, Buffalo Wild Wings is the location. We do this each and every Friday night. Come on by, or Friday afternoon, leading into Friday night. Come on by, get your weekend started off the right way. Happy hour is just around the corner, so you can definitely enjoy your uh, your weekend. And like I said, get it started the right way. We'll be here till at least 5 o'clock hooking you up with a bunch of prizes, and, of course, talking some Raider football. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. We just heard from John Shipley from Sports Illustrated. We got Cassie Soto from VegasNation.com joining us at the top of the hour. Got this text from the 707. Finding out that the Jags get to the red zone a lot scares the hell out of me. We all know the Raider defense has been atrocious at stopping teams in the red zone. This could be a much tougher game than people think, and that is facts right there. Good text right there from the 707. We definitely appreciate you. Let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
7: Hey, Q. Hey, DeMond. Hey, man. Hey, we appreciate everything you guys do for Raider Nation, so um, I, I can only can speak for myself. I mean, I've been a time fan for years and years, <clears throat> And everything you bring to the table, you guys, and nobody should be blaming you because you you guys do a great job bringing. We never knew about other teams to you, you know, unless we got to go look it up. But a couple <laughs> of things. <clears throat> a couple of things. First thing is the defense. I'm with you. They got to step up. Mm-hmm. You got to step up. It's time.
2: My oh, man choking. All right. You got get some water? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
7: <coughs> second, <coughs> excuse me. Second, um, thing.
2: <coughs> How about How we did, just come back to you, Raider Man? You want us to come back to you? Yeah, we'll we'll come no, back. I'm we'll come. Good. Oh, he's good. He says good. He says good. All right, he's go good. ahead, Raider Man. Hey.
7: And the second thing, had Devontae run, run, um, crossing patterns, do other things. This is what I'm not seeing with Hunter Renfro and the rest of the guys this year. Everything is deep or long. Do comeback, comeback, comeback drill. I mean, comeback uh, passes. Um, do uh, not just only slants, but do crossing patterns. That's how you mix up a defense. We didn't do none of that. I mean, I, I know DeMond said go deep, but we already did that and it ain't working every time. So just do, just get the first down. That's all we got to do. And, and and the key to this game is just going to be the key to this game, just come out with some heart, man. You know, as a Raider fan, I, I, I don't know what to expect, to be to be honest. And anybody that say, oh yeah, we come but I know that most teams that in the NFL, you can look it up, I told you this a couple weeks, most teams that get embarrassed mm-hmm. uh, the week before always come back and, and, and play good and also win majority of the time. So I'm looking for a win, but if but my thing is, if you, your season's on the line right now, and I know you said don't you don't like that cue, but 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 our season's on the line this week. It, it, it is. It, it, you got to you not just from a standpoint of, uh, 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 of playoffs. I ain't even talking about playoffs. Just be respectable. I'm right. tired of this underachieving. So let's do it. We got a chance, and we appreciate you guys, man. Don't ever think that you you and demand. We appreciate you, Raider Nation do appreciate you man. I see a lot of stuff on Twitter and stuff about you man and we all appreciate what you guys do in and out. Those are the guys that don't know nothing about football trying to blame anybody else. Just listen and I want to thank you guys have a good weekend and hopefully next month on Monday we calling about a victory.
2: That's right. That's right. Good stuff, Raider Mac. Uh, man, my man was uh, going through it at first, but he came back. I thought for a minute, I thought we were going to have a scene from Sanford and Son where uh, he was going to say, Elizabeth, this is the big one. <laughs> I thought for a minute, but that was awesome. Hey, Raider Mac put it together, man. Hey, that's pressure right there. He pulled it together, man. I got to give him credit for that. Seriously, man, that's not easy, right? That's not easy, man. You're on the spot, and all of a sudden you're you're choking, and you're getting, you know it goes down the wrong pipe or whatever the case may be. I tried to throw a- him the lifeline and say, hey, man, we can just get back I to know, you. I know, but he was like, man, I'm going to thug it out, man. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to work through it. He did. I give him credit for that. That was awesome. Uh, Raider Mike in, in Colorado, man, welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
0: Hey, Regards, what's going on? What's going on? Oh, you got it. Oh, uh, man, the keys to the game for me this week, uh, man, are, uh, man, I, there's so many of them, man,
2: but <laughs>
0: I'll keep it short. For one, I'm going to say this, man, this goes for all, all three phases of the game. Can we come out and not act like we have, like, shackles on our ankles and just play fast and smart football? You know, I'm tired of watching it. Sometimes, man, it seems like we're watching us, man. We're going so slow. Things just seem like they're just – it's just like a, like watching the snail try to run a race, and we're just – we're not going fast enough, you know. It's just like it, – it's just all over the place. Um, So I, I, I want to see that from all phases of the game. Uh, rather, even special teams, yeah. you know, can we get that going a little bit? You know, if, sometimes I feel like they need to help out the offense a, a little bit as well, but the special teams ain't really – you know, ain't, ain't really doing that much um, either. Uh, also, can they – can, can the Raiders just show up for the fans? Yeah. You know yep. what I mean? It, it would be yep. nice for them. I feel like, you know, we put our heart and soul into this mm-hmm. team year-round. We, we don't take no days off. Right. You know, but we, what we would like in return is for them to show up for us. You know, a good example. You know, we're watching the World, Se- watching the world Series right now, the, 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 the Phillies. Bryce Harper said that we're playing for our fans. And that, that had me thinking, like, why can't the Raiders do that for us? You know, we, we travel everywhere across the world to go see them play. They yep. show up for us and then go get a W. And another thing one last thing too before I get off of here uh D- Carr and whoever was on that team in our last year in Oakland why can't we have a revenge narrative yeah you know what I mean yes we, we should have that as well you know, right they messed up our they messed up our our last game there. We'll go out there and beat them up and show and show them who the real dogs are. I hope. I like it. I like Take it. Raider Mike out.
2: Man. Hey man, good call. I like it though, man. I remember that game, that last game in Oakland. I was there. Me and the wife were there, and I remember how that all shook out. And that was a game that the Raiders should have won. They had it won and. Uh, That's actually one game where I'll say uh, that the officials absolutely stole that game from, and that was a terrible way to close the Oakland Coliseum out. But, uh, yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday. That was a hell of an event. That was my wife's first uh, NFL game, period. And uh, the atmosphere was fantastic. The parking lot and the party ahead of time was fantastic. The outcome was not. And, again, that was not because of the Raiders. But I, I like your approach right there. And, again, just like I was saying, man, come out with a sense of urgency and anger. And, and, and do it, you know, go out there. And if you don't do it for anybody, do it for the fans. Like, like Raider Mike just said, do it for the fans. Hell, I felt terrible for all the fans that traveled to New Orleans and watched that, uh, that blank show that, that the Raiders put up on, uh, on Sunday, man, because that's a lot of hard-earned money. That's a, a, a lot of, uh, you know, hotel rooms. That's uh, airfare. That's uh, food out. I mean, that's, that's a, a lot that Raider Nation put into it just to get rewarded with nothing. Nothing. You know, it's just like, man. So I understand. Believe me. If anyone understands the, the pulse of Raider Nation being frustrated, it's me. So that's that's what we're here for is to, is, is to hear you out and, and listen to you and talk and, and, and share our thoughts. So, uh, yeah, I like that, Raider Mike. Yeah, do it for the fans. You ain't going to do it for nobody else. Do it for the fans. Coming up next, Cassie Soto will join the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.